0: She's real fine, my four oh nine, she's real fine, my 409, nine, my four 409.
1: Part of the repair process is looking at what's been done and it generally gives you a direction on where you have to go. The car doctor. The next time you pull into your repair shop and go, you know, I was using my cell phone adapter and the cigarette lighter no longer works. I blew a fuse. Can you just pop one in for me? The only thing we pop in is people in the pool if they're standing too close. Welcome to the radio home of Ron Anian, The car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over, turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open, but I am here to take your calls at 855 560 9900. And now. Let's Welcome back. This is another Car Doctor Road Trip. We are live once again at the DMC Wild Hot Rod Weekend, the Dead Man's Curve Wild Hot Rod Weekend, and Wild Hot Rod Weekend here in Mawa, New Jersey at the Mawa Sheridan. I can't believe where a year has gone. A year just flew by. Summer flew by. So we're here saying goodbye to summer on Labor Day 2016, and uh, we're doing it with some very special guests and friends for the next two hours, and we appreciate the fact that you're taking the time to be here with us today as we look out on this live event that has grown in proportions Beyond, I think, what the DMC, the Dead Man's Curve guys have expected, and um, I thought I would kick off this hour with the gentleman to my right. It is the illustrious Danny C. We spoke to Danny last week, and uh, Danny, welcome uh, here live to the microphone. And um, you got a heck of an event going on here today. Yeah,
2: man, Uh, I can't believe where the week went since we talked. Yeah, it's forget the year. I mean, it it, it just keeps going. Look at this place.
1: Yeah, it's it's there are cars of every shape, size, color. And the fans that go along with it, in terms of uh, you know the culture, that the style of clothes, the what they're wearing. Yeah, we got um, everything here. I mean, young, this is everything in between, right? I just
2: came downstairs. We just did a vintage uh, vintage up show with all the girls and everything like that. And they were all just like from the late '40s, early '50s. It was gigantic. But if you look out there, there's everybody. I mean, it's Rockabilly. It's it's Elvis. It's Marilyn Monroe. Uh, it's people with their children pushing them around, you know, in little red wagons <laughs> that they popped and, up. And, you know, I think you need that today. You know, you talk about they're,
1: they're yes. pushing kids around in, in carriages. And there are a lot of parents here with kids, you know, in hand, uh, the stroller thing. And it's, you know what? Well, this you,
2: is throwback weekend. This right. is a retro weekend. And,
1: and you, you talk about, you know, kids today. Kids today need some guidance. Yeah. Look at the guidance cars gave to us, to me, absolutely, to you, I'm sure.
2: Well, we started um, with the bicycles, right, cutting them up. Right, Right. and
1: and just look what it did for us, and
2: we didn't turn but out But we're doing good. that here. I mean, we've taken everything that we grew up with, and we're, this is almost like fun 101 all over again. You know, you walk in this building and on this property, and there's everything from bicycles that we grew up with. The cars are all pre-72. I mean, everything you see here is throwback vintage. The music's 50s, 60s, with a touch of the early 70s, garage rock and everything. So, I mean, we've tried to put together A to Z and everything in between, whether it be hot rodding, clothing. There's a beauty shop this year for the women. There's vintage clothing. I mean, because so many people go, I want to look like that. I want to be like that. So we covered it. I mean, it's here. When you look back, and this is the question I'm going to ask each and every guest today. When
1: you look back at the 60s, the 60s and the 70s were a car culture. They were a movement. Absolutely. When you look back at them, whether you lived through it or just your earliest memories of it, is it bigger today than it was then in your mind, or is it just such a special time when you look back and think about it?
2: Well, here's the way I, I judge it, okay, from growing up as a kid till now. I remember high school, American Graffiti. It just came on the scene, exploded, brought everything back, you know, made you remember the 50s, the cruising and everything. Now you've got the Fast and Furious, which is a whole different culture. But if you notice, like I said last week, look at the cars that they feature. It's the old Charger, the old Roadrunner. So, yeah, I mean... It's big. I mean, you know, and these kids that are here today, look at them. I mean, they're going crazy. They're trying to find old cars that they can rebuild. And just to be at this show, to just try to bring it back and see what it was like to live in that period, they're trying to live that period now. When you look at the cars that are here, and there's such a variety, words can't
1: really express it. It, it, You know, all I can think of is 40 years from now, nobody's going to take a 2017 Honda Accord. No. And, and and chop it, cut it, and, and, and make it a hot rock.
2: No, absolutely not. I mean look at here, here when we were kids, right? Look what you could buy a Corvette for. Like, right, say, you know, just something between fifty eight and sixty two, that model. Right. I I worked in my uncle's lumberyard. The guy wanted to sell it to me for fifteen hundred dollars in nineteen seventy two. And he was begging you to take it. Right. Yeah, please. Yeah. Right. Now right. there's one down there, there's one for sale right out in front of us. It's seventy two thousand dollars. Right. Wow. So and I mean, and
1: it's I think when you look back at that time period, and I was watching this on YouTube the other day, there's a Body by Fisher um, video on YouTube, okay. and it shows the, 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 they're building 54 and 55 Chevys and some Oldsmobiles as they come down the assembly line, and the dies and the presses and a 900-ton press to build a door and the way it bangs these things out and the precision and the craftsmanship and then how that grew into the 60s. That's what I think about. I think the '60s was a period that spawned yeah. the craftsmanship that you're seeing here today.
2: With pride, handmade in the yeah. USA. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. No nuts computers. And bolts. Yeah, nuts and bolts. Yeah. Um, they, they talked about the involvement of math and the way they were drawing, the redrawing the doors and the fenders, and the way the cars came alive on paper. On oh, that style. Before that. they were done by computer, right. and everything was done by hand. And that's what this movement is about, in my mind. Oh, yeah. That
2: that there was pride in what we did, and we had the ability to do yeah, it. The design, the grills, the right. fins, the interior, the I chrome, mean, the chrome.
1: Yeah, look at a it was you a know, statement. And and you look at all the chrome that's out here today. I wonder how long it would take us to polish all this chrome. Forget it. Yeah, it would just be <laughs> just just too big. It, it was. But that's what this weekend is. This weekend is a look back. And it's a look forward because yep. it's, it's what if somebody's not here, mm-hmm. it's what they're missing. But they can also, you know, be well, here we're next catching year. fire. Yeah. I
2: mean, you were here last year. Yeah, all right? was last we have year. more than triple the attendance this year.
1: Well, the line, I, I'm not sure who it was, but I was talking to one of the ticket takers. Um, she's she's the wife of one of the members of DMC. I don't know her name. I was, I was catching her before we were talking, and she said, checking in cars this morning. Oh, that was Lisa. Was that Lisa? Yes, that's Meredith's wife. She said, and I won't use her exact words because this is family radio, but she was saying the line was so long that she couldn't get the cars checked in fast enough, no. and she's, you know, just, and the cars were You're actually saying it nice. Well, I'm trying to. Like I said, it's family radio, but, you know, it's a lot that goes on behind the scenes yes. to make all this happen. Right, yeah. yeah.
2: Everybody says, you know, we're sold out already just for this hotel for next year. Wow, sold out. We, so we we broke a record. Uh, we sold out in 22 minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. So now you got to go to the uh, Mawa Courtyard Marriott, and that's going to fill up. So I, I would. We went from one hotel trying to fill it five years ago. We're probably going to be at the way I see it, honestly, probably four hotels at least next year well, in this area.
1: And, and you know how I know it'll be successful is because I noticed. Now maybe this is coincidental, but we started on air. And the sky got blue right over the you know, whole event.
2: We talked about that. Look at this.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, the weather is just, it's, it's not a big deal. But I'll tell you who's a big deal. Let's uh, let's oh. introduce them real quick. we got a surprise we, guest. we started, got a surprise right? guest. I brought you somebody. Well, yeah. Who'd you, who'd you bring me? Who's sitting here to you? Maybe we should just have them talk a little bit just to see if they recognize who this is. Well,
0: hi. I'm Tony Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not even at dawn. Not, not, <laughs> not quite. So,
2: Danny, introduce, introduce the gentleman to your right. Well... This man is a TV superstar when I was growing up and the man you wanted to be. I mean, you went to your television sets and you turned it on and here he was and uh, was on his motorcycle uh, in L.A. And if he pulled you over, you got excited like they're doing here today. They're going crazy to see him. <laughs> Eric Estrada. Eric Hi. Estrada
0: is here. Hello. Hello, Mawa. Yeah. Hello, Doc. Eric, a, a pleasure to have you here with us today. I need a prescription. Uh, I'll yeah. talk to you about it later. Yeah, talk to me about it later. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can, we, we can no, deal with it, that. this is awesome being here, I got to tell you. It's great for me because I grew up across the water in New York City, Manhattan. Uh, I was born in Harlem Hospital, raised in 103rd and 1st Spanish Harlem. A New York boy. Yeah. I was born in 49, and uh, I used to roam the streets of Spanish Harlem. My grandfather used to sell snow cones. So so, when you were growing up, uh-huh. what were the cars that were in your era? The cars were uh, the Fords, the 52 Dodge. Remember the 52 Dodge? My, uh, a friend of mine had one, and we used to pile in it to go to Jones Beach or, or Coney Island and stuff. But uh, when I was uh, the first car I ever wanted, there was a dealership on... Broadway or 7th Avenue, I think it was, and 57th Street, a Ford dealership, and the Mustang was there. And I wanted always, I used to go and just drool all over the, mirror, the and, and glass. You, know, you talk about a 52 Dodge that you piled in, yes. right? Like it was a nothing car. Like a nothing car. Right. Today it would be incredible. Yeah, right. But it was a big old, you know, it looked like a giant PT Cruiser. What they look like that and, old and, shape. and how many kids could you put in it? Uh, 10, 12? We, we used to get about 14 in there. <laughs> uh, mostly girls on laps. <laughs>
1: well, this is, this is family radio. Well, box. yeah,
0: there were cousins and nieces.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. So listen, we're going to pull over and take a pause. And when we come back, we're going to continue this interview. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more to Eric Estrada and a whole strew of others. We're just loaded with guests this afternoon. I'm Ron Anady and the car doctor. We'll be back from Dead Man's Curve Wild Hot Rod Weekend right after this. Welcome back, Ron and Amy, and the Car Doctor. We are live once again at the Wild Hot Rod Weekend at the Mawa Sheridan, Mawa, New Jersey, with the gang from Dead Man's Curve. A very special guest with me this segment, none other than Eric Estrada, Ponch from Chips. Mr. Estrada,
0: Eric. S- sir, sir. Nice to meet you, Doc.
1: Absolutely a pleasure. Um, Thank you. You know, we were talking during the pause, and uh, just a regular kid from across the river in New York, growing up in an era of. Yeah. 50s and 60s hot rods and then uh, went west and uh, hit the big time and had a good time. And, you know, i got to tell you, I'm a little starstruck myself when I think back about Chips. You know, that was the first show in, in, in my mind that brought mainstream, mainstream cops, cars, and bikes to the air and did such a good job
0: of it. You, Thank you. Know, you. It, yes. it, 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 it was great work. Um, I was very proud of that. Uh, very proud of the show because I run into people today, 30 years later. Then I was just happy to have a steady job because I was going to be a New York cop. And what happened was there was a girl that I wanted to meet. And she was in this acting club. And I said, eh, I grew up in the streets of Harlem. I can act. So I auditioned. <laughs> I got in. And then I got bit by the acting bug. And then I no longer I had to tell my mom, ma, meet up. I want to try this acting thing, so you gotta stay in the projects a little longer. (laughs) Can't get you out yet. And then she, I papa, please, no mijo, no, you're gonna be policeman and all this. I say, Ma, please, I gotta give it a shot. I like it. I like the way I feel, what I do, and I love the reaction I get from people when I perform. She goes, I mijo, no, you wanna be policeman, and we're going to move out of the projects. And I said, I tell you what, Ma, I make a deal with you. If I can't make a living in this acting thing, which was my second choice, my right. whole life I wanted to be a cop because my mother dated one. Right. And he was my hero. So I'm a cop lover. Right, way sure, back. yeah. So I, I, I tell her, I, if I can't make a living by the age of 30, I'll, at this business in acting, I'll come back, I'll go to the academy in New York, I in, in Albany, I'll still be eligible, because 32 is the cutoff of, cut day for eligibility to go to the academy. And it's Cried all the way through my speech, you know, and I said, "Look, ma, if I can't have you living the way I want you to live by the age of thirty, I'll come back." And, and, and how old were you doing chips? I got it at twenty-seven, just yeah, I, just in time. So right. my mother hasn't worked since twenty since seventy-seven, and she, I got her living. She hasn't worked since then. I take care of everything. I still do I just put a pacemaker in it. She's 86. Okay. Keep her going. Yeah, another 250,000 miles yeah. out of her. Just change you know? the oil in the filter. That's and it. You'll That's be good. It. No, she's pretty greasy. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty tough. So, you know, she's the deal I made with her worked out. So, my mother, I take care of her. I still take care of her. I got to live in on 57th and 8th Avenue. So, when you look back at the 60s and the 70s and you think of that car culture,
1: you, you know the question. I've been asking it here today. Mm-hmm. Um, is it as big a time as you think? Do you think our memories aren't really true, or do you think it would really was a special time in, in, in terms
0: of cars? Uh, I think it was, it was like the era of the 70s. It was. I compare it to the, well, first, the car era was wonderful because you had the colors, you had the body, you had the shapes, you had the designs, you had the jet stream look, and, 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 and then, you know, they try to beef them up, and then the muscle cars and all that come out because uh, on chips I had a Camaro you know right and then we they blew it up and everything I wish I have kept it but they blew it up in an episode where they if we start.
1: had the cars we blew up and threw away
0: yeah right yeah, Right. You know, that's a whole story you know, and itself. I remember my first car when I decided to go to California and I, I bought this car that it was had eight it's a V8 but it only ran on seven yeah and it was a, you could have brought it to me I would have fixed it well it had a ragtop that
3: looked
0: <laughs> 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 that looked like my hair in the humidity yeah yeah <laughs> And and, uh, the car, you know, it it was a Ford Galaxy 500. I wish I had it today. Oh, my goodness. When I got rid of it, I sold it for 100 parts, for $150. Yeah, and you know what it's worth today? Oh, forget about it. Don't make me cry. Uh, I think about it and think about it. But, no, uh, and then there was a shop on 57th and 8th Avenue, 7th Avenue. Uh, it uh, It was a dealership, Ford dealership. The Mustangs came out in the 60s. And that was the car for Poncho. Oh, right? man, that's what I wanted. As yeah. a kid, I could never have it. You know, I was raised on welfare. I wasn't going to get a car. Yeah. What
1: yeah.
0: are you driving today? <laughs> I drive a few different cars yeah. today. But what's your hot rod? you got to have a hot rod, dude. Well, I had a 57 pink Cadillac.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, with the California black plate on it and right. everything. But um, I had to give that up in a divorce. Mm. but you know they take a few things you know what i mean that's okay i got a i've got new things that i ride
1: that's a that's a good thing right you get to go out and get new things oh yeah thank god
0: you know i've been lucky Been blessed
1: yeah so uh, tell me the story real quick you know when i was watching chips and i have to ask you this i'm gonna ask
0: you on air yeah i still remember when you got hurt on the show oh yeah but that was a real life injury well, yeah, I was an intensive kid. They helicoptered me from the alley to UC, UCLA, and uh, they wanted to cut me open from the chest to my gut to see if i ruptured my aorta. Right. But I wouldn't allow them. I didn't give them permission to open me up, so they just shot me with dye and kept flipping me on the slab. And how did that happen? I, I, well, it happened was, here we have a scene. We're in an alley. They put a camera on the dashboard of the villain car. Me and my partner coming out of the building, jump on the bike. They're shooting through the windshield at us. The bad guy gets in the car, and he starts backing up the, uh, down the alley, going backwards. And we jump on the bikes, and boom, we're shifting, and boom, we're chasing him. We sh- rehearsed it. We shot it. They had a stunt guy in the car. The actor that played the bad guy was Larry, Larry Storch. Larry yeah. From f True. Agarn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great guy, by the way. Yeah. So he's backing up. We jump on the bikes, and boom, we get him. We get him down at the end of the alley. They... We got the shot print. Okay, it's Friday. Everybody says, okay, it's a wrap. Everybody go home. The stunt guys are the first people to leave a show. They go boom because they want to go jump out of planes for fun. They do their thing, you know? Boom. We end up, we end up, I'm uh, back in the trailer getting undressed to go home for the weekend, and boom, they're not going to do it. I said, Mr. Strada, you got to come back. We got to do it over. There was a hair in the, in the lens. There's a hair in the lens, so we got to do it over. So I put back on the suit, the Sam Brown, and boom, we go to do it. The stunt guy already left. I don't so re- you, you were the stunt guy? No, no, no. The stunt guy that drove the car right. left. I drove the motorcycle right. chasing the car. But I didn't realize that that guy was gone, and they put a teamster in there. They put somebody in there to drive the car. Who, st- When we did it, I didn't realize they changed guys, and I'm ready to go, and oh, let's do this. Already. Boom. The guy stopped 25 feet too soon. Oh man! So I, my motorcycle plows into his front fender, gets stuck under the between the ground and the fender. I go through the windshield, land on the hood. The bike still got momentum, and it flips on my back. Eric, we're
1: we're glad to have you here with us today. Yeah, I'm my glad friend. to be here. Let me I'm, tell I'm, you, I'm, <laughs> let me tell you, it's uh, always been, it's been a great pleasure. Eric Estrada, Chips, I'm Ronaldini, right. the car doctor. We are back. Right Love you, Mawa. Bye bye. It's a dead giveaway. I'm Ron Innie and the car doctor here at the Dead Man's Curve Wild Weekend, and I'm here this hour with Butch Patrick of the Munsters. Butch, welcome back. We talked last year. Yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be back. Uh, listen, it's a pleasure to have you, um, uh, and I should point out, in the middle between us, we'll, we'll give him some credit. We have Mike Hickey. Mike is uh, he's, he's one of the backbone members here at Dead Man's Curve, and uh, he's responsible for this radio show being here today. He's helped us organize it, and uh, uh, we're going to talk to you in a minute, okay, Mike? You're, you're, you're out for now. Um, we love you, but... Um, I'll talk to Butch He'll, he'll go fabricate something and yeah, Whip, whip, yeah, whip, right. whip us up a car in an hour Yeah, can you yeah. make us a car in an hour? <laughs> Not a problem You, you know, they, they talk about, they talk about um, 3D printing of cars You think that'll ever Oh Christ Making, making, cars, out of, making cars print a car Can you imagine that? We're going to print a the car They did it a couple of years ago Somebody had it in Popular Mechanics And then after they drove it they pulled the aluminum motorcycle engine out, and then they threw
4: the car recycled it. I'm and that's not so certain that 426 Hemi printed out would run as well. as No, in probably not. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think so. Butch, yes. People look at you, and you know, obviously they think of the. When I turned 16, I got a '69 Mach 1. Was my first car, and when I was in high school, prior to getting that, a friend of mine was working for Roland Leong, and he was uh, the owner of the Hawaiian Dragster, the funny car. So I was going to the drags with Dean, and he had convinced me when I got my money out of the bank when I was 19 that we were going to buy a funny car. He was going to wrench it, and I was going to drive it. So I was hanging around the drags from about 1968 to 73 consistently, uh, and these were the good old days when you know we were at Keith Black's shop, Don Perdome, McEwen, Gene Snow, Big John Masmania I saw one of his cars out here, but I was going to the drags with Jack Crispin and Jack Chrisman was a very much the innovator he was the first nhra top they called it gasser back then he won top gasser over don garlitz in 61 but i lived near lions drag so that was what i was doing a lot of back in the day was hanging around jack chrisman going to the track and what i really loved about the early days of drag racing was the nicknames these guys had it was gas ronda and dino don nicholson and fast eddie Sharpman. you know And it was just Jungle Jim Lieberman, for God's sake. All these killer names, these killer drivers, in the heyday of drag racing when funny cars were still squirrely and they were still turning mid-sevens and the drivers were like rock stars.
1: Right. And and back then...
4: The car drove them
1: as much as they drove the car.
4: It was really dangerous. Uh, they were still figuring out how to make them go straight. There were a lot of fires, a lot of explosions. Uh, they were only doing about 2,500 horseback then, but they were still uh, really a lot more dangerous than they are today. I'll never forget the first time
1: I saw Don Garland's dragster, one of yep. his old older dragsters. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and you're sitting on the differential. Right. And when that exploded... Oh, boy. Jack Chrisman actually had one explode under him, and he lost two inches of his right leg and walked with a limp ever since then. But uh, what a lot of people don't remember with Jack, he had a um, Kendall GT1 Comet in 1965, and he put a fiberglass Mercury Cyclone body on it without a roof. It had a little cowling for it. And people said, Jack, that's a funny-looking dragster. And from that term, they coined the term funny car, which then replaced the fuel-altered class in the, I think in 1969 or 70, and he toured the country for Mickey Thompson with the Cal, Coca-Cola's Calvacada cars with eight funny cars, and that was right when I was hanging around the drags. Butch, when you look back at the 60s, yep. and this is a question we're kind of taking a look back
1: this weekend here at the Wild Hot Rod Weekend at Dead Man's Curve here in the Mawa Sheridan. When you look back at the 60s and that car culture, that movement, and you think about it, that was 40-some-odd years ago. Is it? Is it still as fresh is it as it Big a time in your mind as it was then having lived through it or is you know, it just a great memory
4: it it's actually it, it's still there it runs simultaneously with the, the 60s in my opinion is just a decade that it, it, it's taught in schools and colleges there's, there's courses about the 60s the music the tv the cars the culture everything about the 60s is magnetic and people who were lucky enough to live through it like myself as a teenager Look back upon it. I feel actually feel sorry for kids that never had a chance to really be there firsthand, and it's hard to explain what it was like. But cruising the beach and cruising Van Nuys Boulevard and Hawthorne Boulevard and going Wednesday nights to Lions Dragster for $2. You could race your car all night long for, right. for time slips. That was a magical time, and I think it just radiates, even though people are not living it firsthand, that they're living vicariously through their parents and their grandparents and just historical film. If, if, if you had a kid today, 10, 12 years old, and you were trying
1: to keep them safe, would you have an issue with them learning how to work on a car?
4: No, not at all. No, I think cars are wonderful. I think it's great. Uh it's it's it was sort of a camaraderie thing and you know, we we had gangs but our gangs were hanging around a gas station right working on each other's engines right. and stuff. I mean right. we, that was our click and somebody, you know, would bring a you know a case of beer when this is when we are old enough to drink and stuff and sometimes not. Yeah, but yeah. but basically <laughs> that's what we we were getting into mischief but it was good wholesome mischief. Right. And it was it was just such a different time period. Absolutely.
1: And and you know, there you are on the monsters and they wheeled this Munster coach in.
4: Yeah, it was. I was like I said when I was speaking about Georgia's uh, tribute. The, I, I I took it for granted. Now, that in hindsight, I look back. My stepfather was playing professional baseball. My job was going to the Munsters on Wednesdays. I got to go to Georgia's shop. Uh, I mean, this was a magical time, and, and just roaming around the Universal Studio in my spare time and, and meeting and greeting people, I mean, I think I had probably the best childhood one could ask for.
1: And when you look at the Munster coach, your first
4: impression when you, when you saw it, you were just... Oh, it was like, this is cool. This is, like a, this is like the model I'd like to build, and then it turned into a model. Right. But I would, on Monday morning, when we would read our script, and whenever I would see the coach was included... It was exciting because, number one, we were outside. And, number two, I'd be sitting up in that little coachman's seat. And uh, it was like a magical time to be riding in the coolest car on TV. And then they added the
1: Dragula to that.
4: And then uh, George upped Annie a little bit with the Dragula. and uh, I mean, everybody remembers the Batmobile, and we love the Batmobile. But the coach was first, the Dragula was second, and then the Batmobile came along. And George Mm -hmm. was already designing cars, and he was already very astute at what he did for privateers. But that was his launch into television history.
1: Probably, Probably the three most famous cars on TV. I think so. Uh, you know those three cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how did George get involved with the Munsters at that point?
4: Well, you know, George was in the fifties. George was he was very astute businessman. He was like a P.T. Barnum. He was a showman. He, he knew showmanship. I mean, I was around Evil Knievel, who was a huge showman. But George Barris and Evil were like two of the best, if not the best. But George, what he did is he saw how cars and TV and movies. Were you know, could benefit each other and how he could market and they could establish, you know, a business through this in the 50s. He did the B movies with you know hot rods to hell and, uh, you know, hot rod girls and sweater girls and blacktop, you know, burnouts and this and that. And he supplied the cars to that. And then when TV came into its own, he saw a medium for that. And his shop was down the street from Universal. And I'm sure he probably lobbied the people at the at the at Universal that the Munsters needed a cool car. And he was the he became and the guy. He was the salesman for it, and he and he was a very smart man. He never gave up the rights to his cars. He would build them for the studios, but he always owned them.
1: Not to take anything away from George, you know, in his own right, he right. was a genius. But do you think the monsters were were the, the monsters? The show, the cars that put him on the map in that sense, or
4: was he big before then? Well, it was the first TV car that he put right. on TV. So yeah, to a point, the show and George had a nice marriage of it just, sorts it just seemed to be a connection yeah it works. connected really well i mean he was already really well established in the who's who in the private collections and everybody in, mo- in, in movies and tv wanted to have a Barris custom and that's if you go to his shop the wall is the wall of fame is incredible you couldn't get a car pick up a car unless you had a picture taken with george and he's got you know john lennon on there and he's got anybody who's anybody he's got an eight by ten on his wall wow it's got to be a sight yeah, to see it is
1: Butch, I want to thank you for taking the time. My I know pleasure. you're busy this weekend, no and uh, we're glad to be here with hey, you Hey, this once
4: again. show, this show is—I've been here since the get-go, and I was lucky enough to become a member. The Dead Man's Curve took me in. I, as soon as I met these guys years ago, I said, "This is." If I was going to be in a car club, this is the one I'd want to be in. And then I was lucky enough to be actually surprised, honored a couple of years ago with my jacket. And now i got a Munster coach and a Dragula of my own. So I'm a, I'm a real member. You're a real member. <laughs> <Cool beans. laughs> butch Patrick, a, a great you.
1: pleasure, sir. And uh, thank you for being here with us. Mike, you stay put. We'll talk to you in a little bit. I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. We are back, running and in and the Car Doctor, we are live at the Dead Man's Curve Wild Hot Rod Weekend here in Mawa, New Jersey at the Sheraton, and I'm sitting here with Mike Hickey to my right, and one step over from Mike Hickey is Jim Mouchette, Big Jim's concept, Custom Concepts, and uh, we're all looking at these cars as they filter in, there's a flame, what is that, is that an Anglia? It's an old English Anglia, uh, it's an old Anglia, a flamed Anglia, we saw a very nice version of a uh, Chrysler Roadrunner go by, is that another Anglia? An Anglia. Where, 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 where in the world could you possibly see first a flamed Anglia and then another Anglia right behind her with a blower sticking out of the hood? That's just crazy. That's and just a nice crazy. set of wheelie bars. Uh, yeah, a nice set of wheelie bars. And, and I guess that's the kind of thing, Jim Mouchette, that's the kind of thing you're looking for, right? That's your inspiration in terms of uh, you see cars like that and you want to draw them.
3: Yeah. Uh, I'm more of like a traditional custom kind of guy, too. Like there's this, uh, there's this lavender like, Chevy that's coming around the corner. I just saw them book okay, out. I, I like vehicles like that as well. I also like the muscle cars. I'm known for the Cuda, of course, which is all my business card now. Right, yeah.
1: Um. You know, that's a... You look at these cars, and I guess it's easy for you where you get your inspiration from, Jim, but, you know, is there a car that you prefer to draw more so than others?
3: Uh, Not really. I I just... uh. Like all types of vehicles, I like somebody throwing me a curveball, if you will, on cars. Let's say, like drawing all these old vintage funny cars that are right in front of us right now, as well. Those are really fun to do. And and what do you, when you when you see that, you know, we look at
1: that, and we see funny cars hoods up. We see what is that going by? Is that a? That's an that's old. A, uh, Ford.
3: An old uh, fifty an old fifty
1: two Ford. 50, yeah. You know, we, we look at that, we see a square body Ford, Jimmy. What do you see when you look at that car? You see...
3: I see potential for like a really radical custom or like some really slick kind of like Ron dole inspired designs, stuff and, like that. And you
1: just kind of change it in your mind's eye and then yes. all of a sudden you, uh, you, you put it out on paper.
3: Yes, exactly. I kind of essentially built it in my head, if you will.
1: Yeah. You, you've been here all day. Have people been asking you to draw cars and you've been... I see a little business going on. Yeah,
3: I've been I've been here since around eight o'clock this morning. I have so far done a 1932 uh, Ford uh, pickup truck. I did a four Malty huckster Woody, and I have a, a few other cars on on tap lined up. I did several. I have several uh, GTOs lined up mostly mid 60s cars like 65 67 etc
1: cool beans cool beans hey jimmy if the listeners want to get more information about you what's your website again let's get a plug in there for it
3: my website is big jim's art uh, is uh big jim's or you can follow me on instagram at big jim's art or on facebook at uh at big jim's custom concepts
1: cool beans big jim's Mr. Hickey, we're going to pull over and take a pause. Some uh, closing thoughts before we do anything real quick. look. Uh, what, what, what that, what's that What's that just went by, the turquoise? Is that a Ford convertible turquoise?
2: That, that is a Model
4: A. That's a Model
1: A convertible with a convertible top.
4: Yeah, that's a Rumble seat in 1930. <laughs> Boy, there's a little bit of everything it, it's, here. It's amazing the amount of cars that we've got here and the, the variety of styles and just personal uh, touches that these folks add to these cars and there's it's, just, it's a beautiful time.
1: And then a guy like Jim comes along and draws it. Yeah.
4: Yep.
3: Hey, hey, isn't that the, the turquoise Model 8 Cabrio that's parked on the other end of the lot? Is that the car that we saw go by? Uh, I, uh,
1: that might be. I think they maybe, tour yeah, every year. Yeah. Yeah, everybody yeah. kind of brings them around. That's well, listen, a beautiful car. Let's pull over and take the pause. I'm running and in and the car, Doctor. We'll be back here at the Wild Hot Rod Weekend right after this. Don't go away. Doctor here at the Wild Hot Rod Weekend at the Mawa Sheridan. Let's get right into it. I am sitting well, I have sitting to my right. A very special guest. He just kind of popped in, and we're taking we're taking ins right now. And um, I, love I love this. It. I love this guy. He's he's, he's just a wild guy. Hence the name of his team, Frantic Ford. Al Lieberman. Al. Welcome back to the Car Doctor. Show. Hey, Ron. Thanks for having me back. Um, Glad uh, to be yeah, here. What what's new in the world of uh, Al Lieberman and the team at Frantic Ford?
5: I mean, we've just been really busy this year. We've been doing a lot of charity events for um, some of the charities that we support. We did a couple car shows. We're out going to Michigan. We're going to Kentucky. We're here. T- tell the listeners what you do, so that somebody that may not understand what this is about. Well. Well, I'm the uh, marketing partner on the team. I'm the guy who finds all the 30 sp- sponsors and keeps them happy on uh, Facebook, on Instagram. Is there on 30 everything. here? Let's see. It's uh,
1: DJ Safety, Champion, Bonafonte, KW, h Clevite, uh, Racing Junk,
5: McGuire, CRC, Welsh Media, Stay Lube. Okay, that's enough of the commercial. Go ahead. Now. <laughs> well, we got some new ones. We got a company called uh, Earpiece. Right. Uh, they're really great to make uh, um, earplugs for rock bands. Uh, tub of towels, who's been really good helping us here. Like I said, we got Lucas. And uh, Poor fifteen is one of the sponsors that are helping uh, Thunder Alley, one of my guys from New Jersey.
1: Oh, cool. And and these are the guys that help keep these cars on the road. Now, this
5: is nostalgia drag racing, right? That is correct. We have another car we run called the Super Camaro. Uh, we decided not to bring it this year. We wanted to bring uh, Rocky's other car, the big bag, big John Masmanian car, excuse me. It's badass. It's an exact replica of the original car, and it shoots five-foot flames out the bottom.
1: Now, for people that don't understand who Big John Masmanian is, how would you describe Kay. that in 30 seconds or but less? Big
5: John, he was one of the Gasser Kings of the 60s and 70s uh, until he passed away. Early funny car guy, and uh, Rocky and his father used to race it. Or Rocky was a little boy. His father used to race against Big John in the uh, 60s and 70s.
1: Wow cool stuff. Are they going to fire these cars up today? Yeah, we're
5: going to do a 5 o'clock. I said, we have it. last year we only had four cars this year. Um, I decided to get with the guys here. I'm like the uh, ringleader, I guess, a circus ringleader. I have 13 cars here. So we're going to get them all running at uh, 5 o'clock. We've got dragsters, we've got alters, we've got gasoline funny cars, we've got alcohol funny cars, and we got the Frantic Ford nitro funny car. Mike, what's well, a jump uh, What would you say the accumulative horsepower is amongst the 13 cars? Uh, probably, you're probably talking about uh, about 18,000 horsepower. Wow, where pretty impressive. Where, where, are the, where can the listeners find
1: out more they about They can find though? a
5: Frantic Ford at uh, franticford.com. You can also check us at supercamaro.com. There's another website. Find us on Facebook, Frantic Ford, Super Camaro, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. We're all over the place. Where are you
1: going after this? Uh, we're going to Michigan
5: man? next week. Yeah, and what are you going to do out there? We're going to be racing a Super Camaro.
1: Cool beans, cool stuff. You guys are keeping that era of, of funny car nostalgia racing alive and... Uh, the memories that you generate. Real quick in 10 seconds, the 60s. Was it as big a car movement as we remember it to be?
5: Uh, it, yeah, it really was. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, I've been around funny cars for 43 years. I got out about 15 years ago and decided to get back with Rockney and some other guys and uh, love it. It's just, it's really there.
1: Hey, I'm Ron and Andy, the car doctor. I want to remind you there's another hour of car Doctor to come on many of these affiliates. Till then, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.